Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney. I've been doing a series on generational inheritance over the last few weeks. And one of the comments that I made that may have got somebody's hair to stand up on edge is I said that most of the curses that are pronounced on us is actually from God. We go around and we say, oh, the devil is attacking me because I'm experiencing all this stuff. But actually, it is God that has pronounced the majority of the curses. Of course, Satan, there is curses that come from witchcraft and those kinds of things. But I want to just spend today, maybe just these 15 minutes, going through what the Bible actually says about curses and how they play out in our lives. So the very first time a curse is mentioned comes from Genesis 3.14, and it is the first time that Adam sinned. God curses the serpent, but different things as well. And I'll just read it to you. It says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life. So the next thing he curses comes from Genesis 3 verse 17. And it's because of Adam's sin that the ground is cursed. And the word says, Then he said to Adam, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. I tried to show in my previous episodes how what we physically do um, in our determination to disobey God actually has a ripple effect on creation. Why? Because creation is on the inside of us somewhere. And we see that very clearly here in Genesis 3.17 where it says, Because you did this and because you disobeyed me, now the ground is cursed. The next time a curse is mentioned comes from Genesis 4.11. And it's when Cain spills Abel's blood. And now the earth curses Cain. And this is what it says. So now you are cursed from the earth. So you see how that worked. We see Adam sinning and the earth is cursed. Now when blood is spilt and it drips into the ground, it says you're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. We also see Genesis 8.21 after the flood. Noah offers the sacrifice. Its aroma is pleasing to God. Um, And it is at this time that God promised not to curse the ground again because of man. And he says he wouldn't destroy every living thing either. We then see Genesis 9.25 and we see something really different here. We see, remember when Noah drank from the fruit of the vineyard that he had planted and then his two sons went in and it says in the word that they saw him uncovered or they uncovered their father's nakedness. That was his two sons. But here in Genesis 9.25, we see that Noah pronounces a curse, but not on the sons that defiled him. It says, Cursed be Canaan, or Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be to his brethren. So we see how the sin of the father has actually been carried down to the son. We can also bring curses on ourselves. Genesis 27 verse 12 talks about this. Um, And this was when Jacob was deceiving his father. Remember to get the blessing from his brother Esau. It says, perhaps my father will feel me and I shall be deemed to be a deceiver to him. And I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. 
So just by different things that we do, we can actually bring a curse on ourselves. It's also interesting to note that you can take on someone else's curse. That one was an interesting one. And we see it in the same story um, of Jacob. And it comes from Genesis 27, 13. But his mother said to him, so, you know, Rebecca said to her son, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and get them for me, being the dinner that he was going to use to deceive his father for that firstborn inheritance. We see that there's another curse, and this is actually mentioned as the curse of death that can be brought on us. And it comes from Exodus 21 verse 17. And this is this is quite an interesting one because all of us live in family situations. And, you know, sometimes when, when I tell people about the parents having chosen or this, the children having chosen the parents from a Hebraic perspective, they go, are you crazy? If you knew the kind of parents that I have, you would know that I would never choose these parents. So it's quite a fine line. Um, on this dishonoring thing, but it comes from Exodus 21 verse 17. It says, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 29 says, for everyone who curses his father or his mother, he shall be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother and his blood shall be upon him. We see the same thing in Proverbs 20 verse 20, which says, whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. So there's a very heavy curse that God himself actually pronounced for dishonoring parents. And it's not to say that if you have been an abusive situation or you have grown up um, where you've actually been damaged by parents, it's not to say that that's okay. This is not excusing that. But just watching your heart because they are still the ones who brought you into this earth, who gave you life. And I, I know that that's a tough one to swallow, but we can't argue with what the word says. Another form of curse can come from others, and that's Leviticus 19 verse 14. It says, you shall not curse the death, the, the deaf, sorry, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God for I am the Lord. This, this cursing others can also be in a marriage and it's the bitter waters that can bring on a curse. We see that in Numbers 5 verse 18 when a husband suspects his wife of infidelity and then he brings her before the priest. So it says the priest shall stand the woman before the Lord and cover the woman's head and put an offering for remembering in her hands, which is the grain offering of jealousy. And the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that brings a curse. Now, what would happen is he would scrape the dust off the temple floor. He would put it into the water and the woman would drink that water. And that is the water of bitterness. So if it says that, you know, the priest shall stand before the Lord and cover her head and bring an offering for remembering in her hands. If she is guilty of what the husband suspects, which is that offering of jealousy, then when she bring, drinks that water, her thigh will rot. That's a curse, okay, of that infidelity. Yes, she hasn't been caught in the act, but there's been the suspicion of it. And so that um, was what God had told the priests is to be done for judgment. We also see that people can be paid to curse. Now, I come from Africa where witch doctors are prevalent and that's what you do. You bring an offering, 
which is that trade and it's normally it's either money or it's the blood of a chicken a bull a goat whatever it is but that's as payment and why the blood because the, the blood is actually recognized as a trading commodity in the realm of the spirit and that is something that puts your name on altars and I'll get into altars a little bit later but people can be paid in whatever commodity is acceptable and we see the example here in Numbers 22 verse 6 um, with Balaam it says therefore please come at once curse this people for me for they are too mighty for me perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land for I know that he who you bless is blessed and who you curse is cursed so we can see that curses yes although they do come from God they come from other sources as well numbers 24 verse 9 talks about that law of sowing and reaping as well it says that if we bless we are blessed and if we curse we are cursed and I'll just read it to you it says he bows down he lies down as a lion and as a lion who shall rouse him blessed is he who blesses you and cursed is he who curses you we um, also see that we are cursed if we go after other gods now we don't even know what has gone on in previous generations who they served what loyalties they had what vows or oaths they took for their bloodline because when you take that vow or that oath you actually take it for the generations to come we even see this in the word where it says as for me and my house we will serve the lord so this is what deuteronomy eleven twenty eight says and the curse, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. So there's a curse that comes from following other gods. Now, at the moment, I am <clears throat> studying to become a healing codes practitioner. And my mentor was explaining to me what that bowing down of the heart is which is fascinating because we talk about different things that affect me and you know that I deal with because pretty much all of my practice is on myself and on my own personal issues my own bloodline issues and she said anything that makes your heart bow down we speaking about we were speaking about fear at that time you know that fear is actually the root of all of our negative reactions and why do you respond the way that you do out of fear? It's because your heart is actually bowed down. It's stooped down to something else. I mean, who is greater than God, for goodness sake? Nobody. And no thing. And so when that there's something that can make your heart bow in that fear or that trembling, because we're supposed to have that fear and awe of God, that is considered an idol. You can choose whether you go after blessings or curses. Now, it's like a no-brainer. Why on earth would you go after curses? But we do, right? Deuteronomy 11.29 says, Now it shall be when the Lord your God has brought you into the land which you go to possess that you shall put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. And then the people were told, Now choose this day blessings or curses you know and half of the tribes were, were split to go up to Mount Ebal and half of them up to Mount Gerizim because they had to choose you know which mountain that they would go to there's a precedent for curses to be changed into blessings and that comes from Deuteronomy 23 verse 5 it says nevertheless the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam but the Lord your God turned the curse 
into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. And you know, this is this is quite a awesome strategy if you're thinking about it. Who because we've learned, I've just shared with you how others can curse you or be paid to curse you. You don't even know what's out there, but you are sitting under this under this thing that speaks over you. And so why not why not take the strategy in the word where Balaam was actually paid to curse, but it said God turned that curse into a blessing. He couldn't do anything but bless. And so, you know, when we're praying, say, Father, anywhere that my name is used in conversation, in an email, over a cup of tea where I'm discussed and people are speaking curses over my life, would you cause their tongue and what it is that they're speaking over me to be a blessing so that they cannot help but bless me? I mean, there's the strategy right there. It's amazing. Another curse, um, Deuteronomy 27 verse 15, it says that the one who makes carved or molded images and sets it up in secret. And I'll just read that again. Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of a craftsman and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall say, Amen. I've spoken about this one already, but Deuteronomy 27 16, the one who treats his parents with contempt is cursed. So yes, we, you know, this one, we just can't seem to get away with it. What are we going to do about the issues that we have in our heart? It's the unforgiveness is the bitterness. It's the poison that you are drinking to punish somebody else. Um, and so, yes, it's not to say that when you forgive somebody that you've wiped it clean as though it didn't happen and you go back to relationships as they used to be. It's not saying that at all. But that forgiveness, releasing that forgiveness and that bitterness and that contempt and that resentment is actually freeing for you. We know what stress does on the body. You know, and so we can see even that as bearing the curse of this bitterness, contempt or unforgiveness towards somebody else. Your body goes into fight or flight mode. Your organs stop working. Disease comes in from all of the stress in your body. So yes, you you bear that curse of a disease from unforgiveness. Do you want to know something really interesting? Unforgiveness is actually classified in medical books as a disease. That's fascinating because it distresses the musculoskeletal system. It produces headaches, stomach aches, joint aches, um, decreased blood flow. It reduces the supply of oxygen and nutrients to the cell. It's responsible for arthritis, impaired digestion. But anyway, that's just uh, a little side note. You know, so let's set our hearts to begin to forgive those who have harmed us, not to and hand them over to the Lord. I mean, he was there. He knows all three sides of the story. You know, whatever, however flat, however flat you make a pancake, there's still two sides to it. You know, so give it to God and let him deal with it in his perfect justice and mercy. Deuteronomy 27, 17 says one who moves a landmark is cursed. Um Deuteronomy 27, 18 says, cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. Can you hear that these things, and we wouldn't even give it a second thought. Probably we wouldn't even be aware of it, but it says that cursed is the one who does these things. Deuteronomy 27, 19, the one who perverts justice for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow is cursed. Um, Deuteronomy 27, 20, cursed is the one involved in incest. So these are, you know, predominantly, yes, I've read a few where others have been involved, but they are predominantly from God. 
We haven't even seen the devil in any of these so far. You know, um, an another one says, let me see what else. Um, Deuteronomy 27, 21, the one involved in bestiality is cursed, who lies with any kind of animal. And it says all the people shall say amen, which means they agreed to this. Uh, another one says he who attacks his neighbor secretly. Deuteronomy 27, 24. In fact, all of these are coming out of Deuteronomy, which are the blesses, the blessings and the curses. I'm going to look at the blessings in another time. Um, but I wanted to show you and prove to you how the majority of these curses come from God. Deuteronomy 27, 25. The one who takes a bribe to kill an innocent person. Another one says the one who does not observe all the, the words of the law by observing them. And I know that Yeshua has come and he's taken on that law, but there are still things that are not okay with God. Um, Deuteronomy 28, 15 says, there are curses for disobedience to him. You know, it says, it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe fully all his commands and his statutes, which I command you, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And it says, you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in your country, cursed in your basket and your kneading bowl, cursed in the fruit of your body and in the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, cursed will you be when you come in and um, when you go out. It says you cannot expect to have peace while we follow lusts of the flesh. Deuteronomy 29.19 says that. Deuteronomy 37 also says curses will be put on our enemies and those who hate and persecute us. And it's, But that's the Lord that does that because it says also the Lord your God will put these curses on your enemy. So you don't even have to worry about all that kind of stuff. He's got it covered. He is... He is just and he is righteous. He has mercy and love going before him. It's best we leave this in his court, right? So these are just the different things. And we're also going to talk a little bit later about how our DNA records um, the events and the goings on in our previous generations, which is why Proverbs 26 verse 2 talks about like a... Um, fluttering like, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying sparrow. So a curse without a cause shall not alight. If there's something going on in your life and you especially see the recurring patterns in your own life, your children's life, your grandparents' life, it's a generational thing that needs to be broken. So this whole point of today's podcast was just to show you that curses, the majority of them do come from God. But we know that we have the speaking blood of Yeshua. And I'm going to talk about that in another episode about that speaking blood and what our misinterpretation of that scripture actually is and how we're supposed to have dominion. I also want to look at the blessings in another podcast, but I want to end there today and I hope you have the most amazing day. See you next time.